be honest, I feel like I'm going in a, a little different direction than the songs and the testimonies was, but I believe that we are where God would have us to be. First Peter chapter 1. I'm going to give you my heart and I'll get out of the way. I love the Lord this morning. Good to be in church all morning. It's just been good to be here. Been a good, good spirit. It's just been good. First Peter chapter 1. Jamie, will you stand and pray for us for we read? Help us, God. First Peter chapter 1, we'll just start reading in verse 1. I don't really know how this is going to go. don't feel like I'll be before you very long, but it seems like every time I say that, I know my wife just rolled her eyes, but uh, every time I say that, I, I, it seems like we go longer than I ever dreamed was going to go, but uh, I'm going to give you my heart. First Peter chapter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I love how Peter starts out this epistle. He says it's to the strangers. You know, if you're born again, if you've been saved, you feel like a stranger here on earth. You feel like a stranger in this land, like you don't really belong here. I'm longing for a home over there in glory that's I've never seen it before. I've never been there. I've never stepped foot in heaven, but I feel like that's my eternal home. I feel like that's the place where I'm wanting to go, and I feel like a stranger here on the earth. And that's who he's talking to, those that's been saved. Those that's been born again. Those that feel like they don't fit in. I don't fit in with this world. I don't fit in with the things of this world. I fit in over there. I fit in with the people of heaven, the heavenly people. You know, on earth, the closest place that I fit in is here in church. The place I feel like I fit in the most is here in church. I don't do much out in the world. I don't go to uh, uh, concerts and I don't go to hang out with a lot of people or things like that because I just don't feel like I fit in. Where I fit in is in the Spirit of God. Verse number 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied. Uh, grace and peace be multiplied. Listen, this morning the, the, the thought that's on my mind is uh, the trial of your faith. The trial of your faith. You know, at times we're all going to have trials of our faith. Not just trials of our life, not just trials of our flesh, but trials of our faith. And uh, there it said, through sanctification of the Spirit. I believe that those trials that we're going through, you know, on the day I got saved, I got justified. My sins was washed away. I was covered by the blood. When I surrendered my life to the Lord and the Holy Spirit indwelled me, my life changed forever. My sins were gone. And you know, if you've ever really been saved, you remember the feeling of when you first got saved and all those sins that was weighting you down when they was lifted off of you. That joy everybody's been talking about this morning. When they got saved, all that was was the sin that you owed. The wages of sin is death. That wages that you owed, you no longer owe them wages anymore. 
anymore. And the joy that bubbles up inside is the fact that you know that that death sentence that was on your life is no longer on you. That's what it is to be born again, to be saved. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross and shed His blood was so that I could be justified, so that I could go to heaven because of His righteousness, because of who He is. But then we enter into sanctification. And sanctification is not always an easy thing. Sometimes there's trials. Sometimes there's things that we don't really understand that we go through in our Christian life in order to become a little bit more conformed to the image of Jesus. You know, salvation, and I say this all the time, and I guess I'll continue to say it, but salvation is not just a one-time experience. It is a daily walk with the Lord. It is a sanctifying walk with the Lord. If you're still at the same place that you was on the day that you got saved, you're not walking with the Lord. We've got to walk with the Lord continually and be a little more conformed to His image every day. That's sanctification. Growing in grace. Growing to be more like Jesus every day. Verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That begotten, it just means beget again or to be born again. That's regeneration. When you're made new, it said according to His abundant mercy. You know, His mercy is abundant. And He wants to say that just as Butch was reading this morning, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. There's not a man, woman, boy, or girl that's ever been born that the Lord don't want to save. And His abundant is mercy. And while we were yet sinners, He still loved us because of His abundant mercy. And... uh. He said that uh, 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 according to His abundant mercy hath He begotten us. Hath we been born again? Have we been brought to life? It says again unto a lively hope. That lively just means to be alive or to quicken. Unto a lively hope. That hope is an expectation or a confidence. That hope's not like I hope that it don't rain tomorrow. That hope is an expectation. That hope is a confidence that one day after a while as they were singing a minute ago one day after a while I'm going to heaven I know that I am because my hope is alive it says my lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead the reason my hope is alive today is because Jesus Christ rose from the dead just as Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again conquering death hell and the grave on the day that I got born again my old man died my old life died my old ways died that old sinful black heart that I had it was washed clean white as snow and I became a brand new man and I entered into a lively hope I've got a lively expectation that one day I'm going to heaven I can know that down in my soul that beyond a shadow of a doubt if I left today and I never got to come back to church because I've been born again if I died I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to heaven. It's not a dead hope. It's a lively hope. And if you don't know today for 
sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that your sins are covered by the blood. That you have been born again. That you have been begotten. That you've been made new by this lively hope. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to get born again. Today's the day to have your sins washed away so you can feel that lift of that weight that's on you. Hey, today is the day. Don't wait until it's too late. Read number three again. Blessed be the God. Boy, he's blessed, ain't he? God is blessed for what he's done. He ain't looking up in heaven, looking down to scald us. He said he didn't come to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. He's blessed. He's the light. He's the goodness. He's love. Everything about him is good. In him there is no darkness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse number 4, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Hey, my inheritance is incorruptible. That thing that I was talking about that I know that I've got because I'm right with God, it is absolutely incorruptible. Here in this world, the the body that we live in, the flesh that we live in, the world that we live in, it's already been corrupted by sin. I was born of corruptible seed, or corrupted seed, because of the sin that Adam and Eve committed in the garden when they took of the fruit knowingly, knowing that God had told them not to take of the fruit. All of mankind come under the sin curse and now that sin curse is on me the seed of man uh, until the end of time has been corrupted but that seed that the Father has born me again in that lively hope that I've got that expectation that confidence of that place over there where I know I'm going because my sins are under the blood and I'm walking in the light of Jesus that place is incorruptible I believe that's the heaven of heaven knowing that when I get over there there'll never be any darkness over there. Hey, I'll never shed another tear of heartbreak because we've lost a family member or because we've got a lost family member. When we get over there, it'll just be goodness. It'll just be mercy. It'll just be grace. It'll just be light. I've got a lively hope for that incorruptible inheritance over yonder in glory. And I can't wait to get there. That's what I'm living for. That's what I'm excited about. That's the reason I serve God every day is because the gift of that inheritance that's incorruptible that he's freely given me and it's free of charge hey what better gift is there than one that's free a gift is free it don't cost you nothing he paid the debt for it and he rose again to prove it and he's offering it freely today to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away Everything we do here on earth is based on time. Every morning we wake up. I wake up at 6.30. I go to work at 8. I get off at 5 o'clock. I come home. I eat. And if I ain't in bed by 11 o'clock, I ain't going to be up the next morning at 6.30. Everything we do is based on time. And we all know that, uh, I've heard this often, but the the biggest elephant in the room is the fact that we're all going to die. 
The fact that no, the, the, the biggest elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about is the fact that we're going to die. But it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. Hey, that life over yonder on this side of eternity everything is based on time. But on that side of eternity there'll be no more time. He said that fadeth not away. That inheritance that I've got over there it fadeth not away. It's going to last forever and ever and ever. And my mind, my finite mind cannot comprehend what it means to last forever and ever. But I know that it is for eternity. The Bible said that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day with the Lord. He lives outside of the realm of time. He lives outside of creation. He is the creator. And when I get over there with Him, I'm going to be on that same side, outside of time, living with the Lord forever. And what I've done on this side of eternity, hey, if I've surrendered my life to Him, or whether I haven't, uh, determines where I'm going when I get on that side. If you've given your life to the Lord, if you've been born again, if you've been washed in the blood, then you get to go to that place I'm talking about. But if you're lost in your sins, if you're still walking in darkness, still living in sin, you're going to die and go to a literal burning hell. And it's just the same as heaven. It is forever and ever and ever. And you'll be cast out into outer darkness where there is no light, where there is no love, where there is no grace, where there is no mercy. And you'll never have another opportunity to get saved. What matters is right now. What matters is today. I'm desperate that you get born again. I'm desperate that my community gets saved. Yes, we've got a drug epidemic. Yes, we've got a sin epidemic. But what matters more is if they're saved or not. Is if they're saved or not. If they'll get saved, there won't be no more drugs. If we'd have true revival in Surrey County, the drugs would go away. If the, the, the lost man would truly get saved, if the Holy Ghost of God would move in our community like we say we want it to, then the drugs would flee. There would be no more drugs. There'd be no more sin. There'd be no more adultery. There'd be no more crying for the lost because they'd all be saved. But we don't want it like we say we do. If we really did, we'd be crying out for it. Hey, God is full of mercy and full of grace. And He's got a lively hope. And He's got that incorruptible seed. And He's just waiting to give it out. But He's waiting on His people to cry out to Him. He's waiting on His people to take it to the streets. He's waiting on His people to tell the lost man how they can get born again. How they can get saved. How their life can change. It's up to us. That hope is in me. Why would I not want to share it with everybody else? come in contact to eternal life lives in me and I can give it to them that ministry of reconciliation we was talking about on Wednesday it's in me it's in me and it's in you I know people always say they can't talk to people but if you're born again yes you can if you're born again and that light's in you that light that's in you the life that you live is going to reprove that darkness that's in them they're going to see a testimony in you and it's going to change their life but you got to go to where they're at we got to go to where they're at. <clears throat> Verse number five. <clears throat> I like this. Who are kept by the power of God. There's no way I can keep myself. 
There's absolutely no way that I can keep myself. The world thinks our doctrine is that we have to keep ourselves. And if we sin, we, we're going to hell. I don't believe that at all. That's not what I believe at all. It says who are kept by the power of God. Well, look at them next words. Through faith. Well, God don't have faith. God's God. He don't have to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is the substance of uh, those faith is the substance of those expectations. Faith is the substance of those my confidence that I'm going to heaven. That's what faith is. The Lord don't have faith, so that faith is my faith. Where us see who are kept by the power of God through faith. It's his power, but it's my faith. I've got to put my faith in the finished work of the cross. What Jesus done when he shed his blood and he bowed his head to give up the ghost, what he done right there paid the debt for my sin. The only way I'm going is if my faith is in that. As if my faith is in Him. But if I turn back to sin and I don't trust in this Bible because this Bible is Him. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This Word, the King James Version of God's Holy Word is the Word of God. It don't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And if we don't put our trust in this Bible and by trusting in it and having our faith in the Word of God, I believe that we will follow what it says and if we begin to walk in darkness instead of following the word of God I don't believe our faith is any longer in the finished work of the cross the only way I'm saved is by grace through faith in what he done for me in what the word done for me and in order for me to get to heaven I got to keep walking toward the cross there's something required of us as Christians we got to walk toward the cross I didn't save myself and I can't keep myself. But it's by grace, His grace, through faith. He's given us all the measure of faith. It says over in Romans, it's up to you where you put that faith. <clears throat> Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That salvation's when we leave here. That's salvation when the Lord comes back and we all go home. If you're born again, that's the salvation I'm looking forward to. There's a walk for me to live here and there's benefits of being a Christian. But what I'm really striving after is that day out yonder. That day when I get to go, it may be tomorrow. It may be before we get done preaching this morning. This may be the last time we ever stand in the church. I want to give it all I've got for my last time if it is. And I believe we ought to live every day with that thought process. With that same mind that this may be the last day that we ever get to serve God. How would you have lived your life differently this week if you had knew that the Lord was coming back on Sunday? I'm not just talking about your life. I'm talking about their lives. If I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord was coming back tomorrow, there's some places I'd go today. There's some people I'd see today. Hey, whether it made them mad or not, I'd go cry out and I'd say if you die like this, you're going to hell because of the fruit of your life. I can see that you're not a child of God. I'm not judging you, but you can see their fruit by who they are. If they're walking in darkness, they're going to hell. We need to be crying out to them, saying, come, it's free. The Lord loves you. You're going to miss heaven, and it's for eternity. There's something for us to do. We've got to get on the fire line for the Lord. <clears throat> uh, we can get through this fast as I thought we would.
who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It will be revealed. Where you stand, who you are, the way you live, it will be revealed. Your sin will find you out. It's going to be revealed. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Hey, if you've been saved, I believe you'll rejoice. If the Holy Spirit of God has wiped your sins away, you may not have been as dirty as me. You may not have as much sin as Butch and Bill and Matthew and Gene. But if the Lord's washed your sins away, you'll be thankful for it. And you'll greatly rejoice. I wonder what's happened to the rejoicing in our day. What's happened to the rejoicing and praising and thanking God? And we've done pretty good this morning. But what's happened overall? What has happened to the rejoicing? The thankfulness that I'm no longer in sin. If you're not in sin, you will rejoice. If you're not in sin, you will be thankful. Your rejoicing may not look like mine. You may just cry tears. You may just raise your hand. You may make victory laps. You may shout. You may run up and down the aisles. But if your sin has been washed away and you're clean, you'll be thankful that you know that you've got that incorruptible inheritance and somewhere along the line you're going to praise God and you're going to thank God for who He is and what He's done but I'm afraid that our rejoicing has went out the window because we've turned back to darkness if you're walking in darkness you're not going to be thankful for the light if you've got sin back in your life willful sin, unrepentant sin you won't be rejoicing I'm not worthy to raise my hands and praise God Okay? everybody says well I just don't feel worthy I'm not worthy but because of his righteousness but because of his blood that washed him away I can and when I stop raising my hands it's because I've done something it's because I've been somewhere I wasn't supposed to be and I've done something I knew I wasn't supposed to do and I've uh, walked out of the will of God and I'm ashamed of it we're ashamed of God he said if we was ashamed of him he'd be ashamed of us I'm not ashamed of him I want to praise Him everywhere I go. Every every day of my life, I want somebody to know I'm a Christian. I'm a real Christian. I ain't a fake Christian. I ain't a Catholic. I ain't all these other things. I've been born again, washed in the blood. I'm saved, and I know that I am. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. This is where the message is. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse number 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found out, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That the trial of your faith. That's what's on my heart today. The trial of your faith. You know, there comes a time, and we've been talking about it this morning, and Butch even mentioned it, and I heard somebody the other day mention it to Gene. He said that, uh, uh, enjoy it while you can, because it ain't going to last. And I knew what they meant. I knew exactly what they meant, but they didn't explain themselves. Butch explained it pretty good this morning. But the other day, they didn't explain it very well. 
And uh, Gene's been rejoicing. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, Gene's been rejoicing. He got born again. Something changed in his life. His life changed forever. It's never going to be the same. He may turn back to darkness, but it'll be his fault. But his life has changed forever either way. And he's been calling me and rejoicing and crying and just talking about how good God is. And we've been going to revivals and just the excitement. The fire of God is in him. But his father said to him the other day, they said, well, enjoy it because it ain't going to last. It ain't going to last long. And I thought, no, man, this is a Christian man. It's a man that's supposed to be walking with God. And within myself, I thought, that ain't right because I still got it. <laughs> Gene, don't worry. If you'll stick with God, you're still going to have it. And if you're sticking with God today, you're still going to have it. You know what's kept Papa preaching all these years? That same fire, that same zeal, that same spirit that's dwelling in him. You know what keeps Butch going to jails and prisons three or four times a week? It's that same fire. It's that same zeal. It's that same God that saved you and saved you and saved you and saved you. He's still in me and I've still got that but here in the word it says if need be you're in heaviness through manifold temptations there will come a time and this is what I believe he meant there will come a time when heaviness will come Absolutely. If you've been saved any amount of time at all, you know that heaviness is going to come. Heaviness is just to, uh, uh, to be grieved or to distress. That's what heaviness is. Sometimes we get distressed. Sometimes things arise in our life that we don't understand. That don't mean that the glory ain't still there. That don't mean that the, the, the thanksgiving that you've been covered by the blood and washed in the blood and your sins are gone, that joy is still there. That fire is still there. If you stick with God through the manifold temptations, that glory, that shout, that excitement, it'll still be there. But what I'm afraid has happened is that a, a, a temptation or a trial of your faith has passed by our way and we threw in the towel. We just said, I, I, the Lord didn't really save me. The Lord don't really love me. And we throw in the towel and we say, well, it was joyful for a little while, but now it's not. That ain't God's fault. That's our own. That's our own. If you don't stick with God, you ain't going to keep that joy. If you don't keep walking in the light, that joy's going to leave you. But it's not God's fault. It's our own. He said, if need be. So the Lord said that at times in our life, there is a need for, manifold, for heaviness through manifold temptations to come to your life. It's for sanctification. It's so that you can grow. It's so that you can become more than you already are. When you first get saved, that's not all you're ever going to be. It's going to get better. And it's going to get better. And it's going to get better. You can ask any older saint of God that served God for many years. Ain't it better now than it's ever been? Ain't it? Granny, ain't it better now than it's ever been? We're closer to home. We're closer to that place that we've been striving for. And if you'll stick with God through those manifold temptations, through that heaviness, through the trial of your faith, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. And you can still rejoice at 90 years old if you make it that far, laying on your deathbed that you know you're saved and you're going to heaven. The joy ain't got to leave. That fire ain't got to go nowhere. It ain't got to go nowhere. <clears throat> wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness 
through manifold temptations. I wrote this down in my Bible. If need be, if need be that God wants to use you for a greater purpose than you've been used for, you may have to go through some manifold temptations. I thought about Garrett. He's sitting back there with a mask on because he went through some manifold temptations. He went through a trying of his faith. But it wasn't because the Lord didn't love him. It's because the Lord was wanting to take him somewhere. It's because the Lord was wanting to use him in a way that he never could have been used before after he went through the trying, after he went through the battle. You know, the trying may come from God or the trying may come from God allowing Satan to try you. I like how it says it. It says that the trial of your faith. You know, I, thought, I think about Job when I think about trying of your faith. And we, know, we all know the whole story of Job, but uh, uh, everything that Job had, Job was the richest man around. He had all these cattle, he had all these things, and he had houses, and uh, he had a, a family, a great family, and uh, the, the Lord allowed Satan to take everything from him but his wife, took his children, took his home, took his cattle, took everything that he had, took it from him. And it wasn't that uh, the devil was just wanting to give him a bad day. It wasn't that the devil just wanted to make him sad. The devil was after his faith. And that's what the devil is after on us today. The devil is after our faith. He's the enemy. He's the adversary. He don't want to give us a bad day or make us feel bad. He wants to destroy your faith in what Jesus done for you. He wants you to start believing that God ain't good. But God is good. That's all God is, is good. And the enemy is out to attack that. That's what the enemy is out to attack. I wrote down a few things. He wants you to stop believing in the Word of God. When, the, when Satan attacks you, when he attacks your faith, that's the first thing he's going to go at you at. The Word of God is not true. The King James Version ain't the real version. How many of you heard that? Y'all just old-fashioned. You, you, you just believe that because y'all old-fashioned. Y'all from low gap. It ain't, that ain't the real Word. Hey, this is the real Word of God. Look at what uh, uh, the Satan attacked Adam and Eve in the garden. The Lord told them that ye shall surely die if ye eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Satan told them, that ain't so. You won't surely die. You ain't gonna surely die. He made them doubt the very word of God, tempting their faith. He was coming after their faith and they ate of the fruit and now all mankind has been cursed under the sin curse because they believed the lie of the devil that the word of God was not true. He's attacking your belief in the word of God. He's attacking your faith. He wants you to stop trusting in Jesus. That is his goal. He wants you to stop trusting that Jesus' blood, what Jesus done on the cross is enough. He wants you to think that you're unworthy to raise your hand. He wants you to think that because you was an awfully bad sinner back in the day, that you can never have the same salvation that preacher Bill's got. That's a lie. The blood of Jesus is enough. Jesus was a man. Jesus was God. Jesus did die on the cross. Jesus did rise again. Uh, they're attacking that on every side now. I mean, even the scholars and the historians uh, will, will confess that Jesus definitely was a man and Jesus definitely died on the cross. And then over in the book of Acts, it said that He showed Himself alive for 40 days by many infallible proofs. And they'll even say that somehow He showed Himself alive. But they try to convince you it was a trick. It wasn't a trick. He literally rose from the grave in and up 
of his own power because he was God in the flesh. He is who he said he is. And he done what he said he'd do. And thousands seen him for 40 days that he was alive. They'll try to convince you that he wasn't really God. They'll try to convince you he didn't really die on the cross. They'll try to convince you that he didn't really rise again. But it's a lie. That's an attack from Satan. He's out to get your faith. <clears throat> He'll get you to stop trusting your pastor. Amen. Anybody ever been there? I don't trust my pastor no more. He said something that really hurt me. He must not really be a man of God. Hey, several, I've heard stories of it. Larry Johnson, ain't that true? He must not really love me because he said something that hurt me. That's an attack of Satan. He's coming after your faith. And if he can get you to uh, dislike or to hate your pastor, he can get you out of church and he can get you away from Jesus. He's attacking your faith. It's a trial of your faith. He can get you to stop loving your church. Every time I go up there and people say, Boy, I, I sure have missed you. Where have you been? They'll text me. If I don't show up, they'll text me. Where you at? Everything okay? That sure gets on my nerves. Them people don't really love me. They're just, they're just mad at me. Or they, they just think they're better than me. That's a trick of Satan trying to attack your faith. Satan is trying to pull you out. Hey, but the Bible says that, uh, uh, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith is precious. Hey, these things that we look at as an attack on us, these things that we look at as a bad thing, it's the Lord trying to grow us and the Lord trying to sanctify us. You know, at the end of the book of Job, when Job ends up with more stuff than he had and he ends up with a whole other family that the Lord blessed him with more children and things, it wasn't about the children and it wasn't about the stuff. It was about God being faithful and it was about Job growing through his trials and his temptations and on the other side of it, he could still raise his hand and say the Lord is good because he never cursed God and died. Hey, the very thing his wife tried to get him to do was what Satan wanted him to do. But on the other side of it, he came out after he'd been tried with the fire purer than he was before. Amen. 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 I wrote this one down too. He wants you to stop loving your church and he wants you to stop believing the doctrines of your church. <clears throat> I talked to a lot, even last night, I talked to a lot of the younger people in our church. <clears throat> and I, not that I'm something special, but I've just been in, around the ministry and around the pastors that believe the doctrine we believe all my life. And uh, I've been in this church and I've been to other churches and in our area, there's very few people believe like we do. And that's a fact that we've just got to come to terms with, that we know that the Word of God says what the Word of God says, and the doctrine that we believe is the doctrine that the Bible teaches, and we're going to stick with it no matter what they say. The devil wants you to start believing that what your church believes is a lie. But he's a liar. <laughs> what this Bible says is the truth. It's the inspired, inherent, infallible Word of God. And I believe every word in it. I don't want to skip some and take the rest. I want to take it all. And if the Bible says it, then it is true. The world will try to convince you that we're wrong, but we're not. We're right. The devil is trying your faith to try to get you out of the will of God. 
He wants your faith. He don't care if you got a flat tire. He don't care if you're having a bad day. He wants your faith. That's what He's after. But the Lord uses that to sanctify you. The Lord uses that to grow you. What looks like it's going to be for bad, the Lord uses for good. What looks like is going to destroy you when you come out on the other side, it's better than you was before. Just ask Job. Just ask Job. <clears throat> that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, that perisheth though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, when you put gold in a fire, you melt down gold, it melts down all the impurities. The impurities burn up and the good stuff stays. The gold stays. The trying of your faith is to help you get rid of all the impurities. To help you get rid of all the junk in your life so that the good Holy Ghost salvation is what you're left with. And after you get through them trials and you get through them temptations and you get through the attack of Satan on your faith, when you come out on the other side, that glory that you felt before, it'll be just a little better on the other side. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're going for. i got a whole other chapter I was going to, but I ain't going to. Come on, Tommy. Come piano. Let's all stand. The Lord is good. No matter what the devil's told you, he's a liar. The Lord is good. The Word of God is true. No matter what the devil's told you, the Word of God is true. The doctrines of the Bible are true. And the Lord loves you more than you could ever know. I wrote this down. This is going to be my closing statement, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'd rather be judged and reproved through the fiery trials on this side of eternity through sanctification than be judged on the other side and cast into the lake of fire. There's trials that's coming. Absolutely no doubt they are coming. But it's for your need. He said if need be. It's for us. It's for our good. That don't mean that the joy is leaving or the shout's leaving or the glory's leaving. That don't mean that the Lord ain't true or the Lord ain't good or the Lord don't love you. It just means that He's trying to grow you to another place. There's somebody in your life, Garrett, wherever Garrett went, there's somebody that Garrett could not reach before the trial he just went through with his life. And he was in bad shape. When we went down there to see him, he was in agony. He was in pain. Papa even seen it. When we walked in, he was just in pain and agony. And before we left, it had eased off. But that pain and that agony wasn't in vain. It wasn't for no reason. There was a purpose behind it. And there's somebody that Garrett will be able to reach now because of the trial that he went through. That's the same with our lives. You know, a lot of times, and I say this often too, we'll pray, Lord, whatever it takes save my lost maybe Garrett has a loss that he had been praying for that now the Lord can get to him through him because of the trial that he went through I don't know that but it's for our good and it's for a purpose of God but don't think that your trials or your temptations or the trying of your face for naught because it's not it's not he just wants you to stick with him you know a lot of times and I see it every day when the first trial comes in a new Christian's life, they'll just quit. They'll just quit and say it ain't worth it. Can I plead with you that yes it is. 
Yes, it is. You can't quit along the way and still make it to heaven. That's a doctrine they don't want you to believe, but it is the truth. And that's the doctrine that the devil don't want you to believe, but it is the truth. You can't quit and still make it. That's what the Word of God teaches. If you're not right with God today, get right. Don't quit along the way. If you've quit or backed up or backslid, today's the day to make things right. The Lord loves you. So do I, and I'd love to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed.